Welcome to What's the Score, a series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida's small business and entrepreneurs. Donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. Now, here's Christopher Hart and Rich Jekyll. Hello again and welcome to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. And once again, we got the award-winning Rich Jekyll in the studio today. Hello, Christopher Hart of Hearts. That's right. I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show. Of course, Rich is a SCORE volunteer. And as I said, the award, the award-winning. The is correct. That's right. That's right. Uh, and uh, SCORE, once again, is a great organization. I know most of you have uh, heard us talk repeatedly about what SCORE is, but you know we just can't hammer the, the point home enough that it is there and it is available to anybody who's in the business world for themselves or even if you're a salesperson for someone else. Yeah, SCORE has a lot to in offer. in the business world and you want to be in the business world. That's right. If you want to get where it's happening. Right. And SCORE's always got something happening. Yeah. And over at the National Entrepreneur Center. Uh-huh. Yeah. Jerry Ross runs that place like a sewing machine. Yeah, uh, like a clockwork orange. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great, uh, it's a great rare, uh, what should we call it, organization, institution there? Uh, yeah, well, it is one of only two in the U.S. It's, it's a, a conglomerate, if you will, of service providers under one roof. Yep. And which includes everyone from import export uh, organization with the federal SBA, government, SBA. You got SBDC, score there. Score. You got yeah. the Hispanic and the African American Chambers of Commerce there. Right, right. Fourteen great organizations, all under one roof, located in the National Entrepreneur Center, which is located in the Orlando Fashion Square Mall. And if you want to visit them, of course, the mall's open in regular mall hours. But someone person. A real live person is in the score office now six days a week, right? Six Rich? days, including Saturday. Right. So Monday through Friday, normal including business our hours. Upcoming guests, too. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's normal business hours, uh, Monday through Friday, and then nine to two on Saturday. Right. And once again, though, that's just someone who mans the office. The, what do you call it? The, 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 the officer of the day or something uh, like that? No, the mod, the manager of the day. Okay. And they're there to manage the office, answer the phone. If you call there at 407-420-4844, you will get a live person during those normal business hours. It would be the mod. And it might be rich one day. That's right. He's a counselor, and he's trained to handle phone counseling. Exactly. And to get you started in the process of taking advantage of what everything that SCORE has to offer including the big F word, free mentorship. Free counseling. Free counseling, mentorship by uh, volunteers uh, from all across the the fruited plain, you might say. (laughs) Yeah, industries. all, All industries, all walks of life. And also they have seminars, classes, and things that are going on every week. And some of the basic ones are repeated month after month. But most of the other ones are not repeats. They're something new every month. And that are those seminars are offered, let's see, Tuesday and Thursday nights? Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. And Saturday mornings. Right. And then they also have the Coffee with the Leader series uh, each Wednesday and the Lunch with the Leader series every other Wednesday. Correct. All right. So there's always, as I said, something going on at SCORE. And then once again, they have the great BizFest every year as well. And as Rich was alluding to, he is not the only one hangs out over there at SCORE. Of course, you got Lucy Polito and all the other great folks who we've had on the show. She was supposed to be on today, but she has taken ill. Ah, uh, I'm hoping she gets well real soon. And But we do have someone else who is involved in SCORE. He's a longtime volunteer as well. So I'd like to welcome to the show today, Franco Ferrari. Franco, thanks for being on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. I've uh, had my own radio show for years, so this is like uh, homecoming week. It is. <laughs> uh, coming, coming home again, right? Yes. And has anything changed much? Um, no, just a little uh, less hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, on radio, it kind of doesn't matter anyway, yeah, yeah. for the most part. Thank nowadays, well, you got to be in video, too. But, uh, Franco, first thing we like to do when we have a guest on the show is find out a little bit about that guest. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you from this area? Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that uh, 
I started out by being blessed twice in okay. my life. Right. More than one, more than twice. But the two main ones is that I was blessed to come and live in the best country in the world. Amen. Yeah. And then I was blessed again by finding the best city in the country. Okay. Which I take it is <laughs> this one right here. All right. There you so, go. Amen again. Okay. And, uh, of course, I've, I came here. Uh, I got married. I moved down here two days later. And I brought my wife on my honeymoon. And we're still here. 45 years later on our honeymoon. 45. So. <laughs> okay. Congratulations. I was born in Italy. Uh, humble beginnings. Okay. Uh, most immigrants uh, don't come over here with a suitcase full of money. They well, now, wait over. a minute. You got this name of Ferrari as a last name. You aren't part of the Ferrari automobile <laughs> empire there? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's a, that, that's a great name, and it's a good conversational oh, piece. And uh, It is a great name. Uh, and my ancestors do come from the modern area, although I was born just south of Rome. I see. But when Enzo Ferrari died, he didn't leave me any Ferrari. Oh, so. too bad for Enzo. Hey, so what, what, how old were you when you came to the United States? Uh, just under 12. Just under 12? Yeah. So your family immigrated to the United States? Not directly. How, how do you mean by that? Well, my father, uh, of course, you know, the, the, the big apple, the golden apple is United States. Sure. For all immigrants, really. All right. Statue of Liberty, yeah. New York. And uh, in 1945, I was born right at the end of... World War Two. Well, one month before it ended. I see. And my father with six kids wanted a better life for his family. Even though he was a businessman and owned land and everything else, he still aspired a better life for the... Italy was devastated after World yeah, War II. Yeah, sure, I'm sure. Was he in no more? Yes, but... Uh, Mussolini, thank God, let him uh, go home after the fourth child was born. He figured that the oh, fa- a, cool. fa- a father should not lose more that many children. So yeah, cool. that was the law of the land, you know. Uh, I'm not uh, uh, condoning or uh, uh, promoting or condemning right. Mussolini. That's, right. It's in the past. It's what it was. <laughs> it's what it was. Yeah. But uh, my father really wanted to a better life uh, for the children. So the only mm-hmm. way was to pay a lot of money, got a sponsorship to go to Canada. Oh. And he did. Sponsorship. Well, he paid someone to f- file for uh, a papers. visa. Because mm-hmm. when oh. you come to, you have to have a sponsor to come into the country. Yeah. The laws are very nice. But it was usually an employer. <clears throat> it could no? be, but you could have a sponsor. And actually, it used to be the law, and it was for years, that when you immigrated to this country, you had to have a sponsor, and you would not become a ward of the state. That sponsor had to uh, be responsible for your well-being for one year. Right. N- not the government. Right. The sponsor. <clears throat> Very different back then. Uh, I know. A lot of people don't understand that history. (laughs) Anyhow, a year later, uh, my father had uh, uh, the firstborn, which was uh, my sister, my oldest sister, and my brother came over. A year later, another one of my sisters. But I didn't get to see my father, uh, my mother, two of my sisters, and myself, the younger group of siblings, didn't get to see him for five years. Mm, wow. So you were separated from your parents? <coughs> yes. Where for five years. Were you staying? For five years. At home in Italy. Who took care of you? My mother. Oh, she wasn't gone. No, no, yet. my mother oh. was oh, there. Oh, you said okay. your father. My father. Okay, my father. So, if your father was separated from the, from the family. Yeah, oh, okay, and, gotcha. And, 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 two, and three of my other uh, siblings. I see, I see. But, uh, you know, there was, and my mother would say all the time, you know, when are we coming over? Well, it's rough here. Uh, how about sending over some money? Well, are you selling some crops? Because we did do things. And uh, <clears throat> so finally, the big day came. We came over, and we went to Sarnia, Ontario, across from Port Huron. Oh, okay. yeah. And uh-huh. my father, we were walking through this nice home, two-story, uh, four bedrooms, uh, living room, kitchen, full basement, and walking around, and... He tells my mother, says, how do you like it? Oh, she says, all this furniture, you must be paying a fortune to rent this. And he says, uh, well, how do you like the house? He says, this house is beautiful, but how can you afford all of this? She says, honey, I made you wait five years to come and see you, us because I bought the house. It's yours. And I remember my mother, my mother just throwing her arms around my father, and we were just unbelievable. Great unbelievable. story. Great because story. He was he was a entrepreneur, very resourceful. Uh, he made a dime go a long way. 
put it that way. That's that's how you succeed. Yeah. That that's uh, you know so, it's so many people you know the dimes just slip through their fingers like sand on a beach or something yeah. like that you know. But if you can stretch those things out, yeah. you can really make a lot happen for yourself. So that's where you got the entrepreneurial spirit, spirit I guess. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, all my adult life, I've been for business uh, on my own. Um, I, I've held jobs, of course, going through school and college and yeah, that after. Yeah. So where did you go to school? Well, I went to uh, after we left Canada right. because we wanted to come to the United States. Right. That was a stepping so stone. And uh, about five year, five and a half years after I landed in Canada, and I was already became a Canadian citizen. Okay. So then my sister married in Michigan, and so we wanted to keep the family together. Very important. Good. So we sacrificed a big move again, but it wasn't really a big sacrifice. It was something in, our, in all of our hearts to that do was to come do. to him. Right. Love Canada, love Italy. United States is better. Okay. So anyhow, <laughs> we got here. Testify, and, brother. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. So I graduated. I went to uh, high school in Detroit, Michigan. I graduated from Cooley High School. Cooley High School. <laughs> Cooley High School, of course. Not the That's same one downtown? they had in the movie. Yeah. Not the same Cooley High School oh, in the okay. movie. And then I went to uh, uh, community college. Then I started to go to uh, University of Detroit. I, but before I changed from engineering, I went to business administration. Of course, being an immigrant, not having all kinds of money, the credit hours at the community college was $6 per credit hour. $18 at the University of Detroit, <laughs> I uh, see. which was a private Catholic high school. I right. mean, uh, university. Right. And so, naturally, I wanted to save some money. As soon as I registered for the fifth semester, I didn't know. I, I lost my deferment. Oh, my and Uncle God. Sam, oh, no. Uncle Sam <laughs> said, this is during Vietnam. Uncle Sam said, hey, hi, <laughs> we want I'm you. Here. Oh, and so are you. Welcome uh, to America, yeah, brother. Right. <laughs> and you know what? It, it, it could have been a very dark day if I looked at it that way, but really it turned out to be a blessing because uh, all of my relatives in Canada, and I had a lot of them there, and I was lived across the river from Windsor now, 15-minute drive, and I could have been with my aunts and uncles over there. And they all wanted me to go go over there. And I said, no, no, I'm going to do what I feel is right in my heart. Uh, we wanted to come to the United States. I want to be a citizen. I don't want to be a hypocrite. So I didn't run away. And they said, but wow. even the people that are born here in United States, uh, in the United States are, are going, going to Canada, over. right? I'm going to do what's right for God me. bless you. Wow. We're, we're speaking today oh, with Franco awesome. Ferrari. He is a SCORE volunteer, by the way. We're going to find out how he got to be a SCORE volunteer and what a fascinating life. You should write a book about this. All right, we are the, we are the, going to be right there back after this short break. <laughs> you are listening to What's the Score? And please stick around for more. Okay, welcome back to What's the Score? Once again, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business or life. I'm talking about a fascinating life. That's uh, what's our guest today. Oh, man, yeah. That, oh, man, yeah, of course, comes from Rich Jekyll. I am Christopher <laughs> Hart, and our guest today is Franco Ferrari, uh, an immigrant who came here uh, with his family as a young man from Italy, and they came through Canada. Right. Did it the legal way and worked hard. And then uh, you were in the United States going to college. Right. And you got drafted. Yes. Okay. Now, uh, first of all, and, and you said you decided and because you could have you were already a citizen of Canada. Correct. You could have easily and you were right there at the border, just literally stepped across right. the border. That's right. And, you know, no, no harm, no foul. Yeah. No. And but you decided to serve anyway. The, uh, the reason is because I'm sorry. Go, go right ahead. No, the reason is because there would have been some foul. I would have been legally. I would have been fine. Right. But then coming back to the country I wanted to live in could have been a problem. I see. I wasn't going to take a chance. You weren't going to take a chance. Why would that be a problem? You because, were a Canadian citizen. Yeah, but then I would be refusing to serve the government, which they sent me that greeting. Come on. Greetings. Were you a citizen of the United States at this no, time? No, no, I was not. 
See, that's why I'm see. That's I'm sure that you probably could have fought it in court and won. Oh, no, no, but, no, 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 no. But no, you no. didn't want to take the chance. No, I could have went back to Canada. Right. Okay. And no problem. But coming back to United States right. and maybe coming back wanting to live here right. would have been a problem. We all know history. Even right. the bad guys that went over there illegally. Right. Are okay. Then right. they got forgiveness. Which yep. Great. Because, yeah. you know, that was their belief. And they got amnesty. But, but it was too important to you oh. to remain in the United States to take the risk. And the one thing, my father went through World War II. My father said to me, don't go to, go to Canada. Or he just said, what, what do you want to do? I said, I want to go in the Army. He says, well, do the best you can and keep your head on straight. He says, I, I want you to make me a promise. And I did. And everything worked out fine. Because my father. Well, what was the promise? The promise was, Franco, you promised me that you will not become a citizen while you're in the service. And my response was, Dad, that's the whole goal. I want to become a citizen. He said, just promise me. And then I said, okay, Dad, I promise you because I love my father. Okay. And he says, so then I said, but why do you want me to make you that promise? So you can become a citizen the day after you get out. But until then, I said, okay, so I promised. I asked him why, and he says, you're going to college to become a donkey. That's an Italian expression. A donkey is a dumb animal. You don't understand anything. <laughs> right, so okay. I said, why are you talking <laughs> to me that way? He said, because Vietnam is not a declared war. You are not a citizen. They cannot ship you overseas on an undeclared war. A man with a third grade education. How about that? Okay, he knew this. I did not know that. It was very astute. So, but you ended up serving. I ended up serving, and I was, uh, <clears throat> didn't know what to do with me because I was an, a legal alien. Okay, <laughs> that is a legal alien. Right, right. And which was no offense to me. Every January 1, I filled out my legal alien card and proud <laughs> to send it in. But now it's a ah, bad thing. Uh, Anyhow, God loves all people. And I do too. Okay. My point is that I did my duty. Uh, I went in. I was blessed because of having a father with the vision and the guidance. I then go and sacrifice my life in Vietnam. So that was in my cards to stay here. So being that I was an alien, they sent me to military police school. They did an extensive background check. I ended up getting a secret. Oh, no. Secret you bill. were MP? Yes, military police. <laughs> and, and then I went to, uh, I got stationed in Fort Myers, Arlington, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> and my father, every time I called him, he says, where did you get your orders for? I says, I, I says, well, I said, I'm going to this place. It's uh, called Arlington, right Fort Myers, right outside next to D.C. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then all of a sudden, quiet on the phone. And I, I could sense some emotion. And I said, Dad, are you okay? He says, oh, yeah. He said, uh, well, what's wrong? He says, I've been going to church every Sunday and praying to the Virgin Mary to safeguard you. And send you to serve in Washington D.C. <laughs> oh man! Say, true, true How about story. That? I said, I said, Dad, Dad, why Washington D.C.? And he says, well, Damn it! Where else would you be safer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Franco Ferrari is that our guest is today. Right. He is a volunteer at SCORE. Now, let's. How did you? Okay, so you you served and then. What did you do with your life? I mean, you went into business for yourself? And yes. when did you become a citizen and all that? Oh, yeah. I became a citizen right after I As got soon as he got out of the military. He's <laughs> uh, a smart guy. And I got a wallet-sized citizenship card right in my wallet, which is unheard of. Everybody's surprised to see it. But they asked me if I wanted one wallet-sized, and I said, oh, so yeah, far. But, so I carried but, it. That's cool. But anyhow, I, no, I did uh, serve my two years, and uh, I, I went back to Michigan. And I went to work with my brother. My brother-in-law, they had a construction company. <clears throat> and uh, But uh, nine months after, uh, they needed a president of the Cement Contractors Association. And I ran against three guys. Uh, there was four of us running for the job. I was 24. They, oh, were, they were 
Much older than you? 44 to 50. Right. Oh, man. And I uh, ran against those guys, and we had a runoff and everything else, and uh, Franco got lucky uh, or got whatever, elected, you know, yeah. and got elected at the ripe old age of uh, not quite 25. And I served my two years, and it was, it was a gravy job, beautiful. I learned a lot. That's where some of my negotiating skills came in, into play because I used to negotiate contracts between builders and subcontractors. I see. And sometimes you had to, uh, in negotiations, you kind of have to know when to keep your mouth shut mm-hmm. and when to say something. And uh, me being, uh, I know you guys won't believe me, but I'm at heart, I'm an introvert. Oh. I never thought I'd be in sales. Hey, hey, listen. No, no. No, no, no. Most radio hosts are. I never thought I would be in sales because a man only says something when it's truly important. And I didn't place any importance on small talk. I've learned different because when I got into sales, I learned that shy salesmen have skinny kids. (laughs) So (laughs) I had to start speaking. And and uh, anyway, but the negotiating and the skills okay. were really from that. As I, you know, then I uh, met uh, a lovely woman, and I married her in six, Michigan. In Michigan, six months after I we met, I married her, and took her on a honeymoon to Florida, and we're here uh, since then. But uh, I was a general contractor by then, so I started a got my Florida builder's license and I started building course i did everything right planned everything ahead didn't bring my company down until i had already been here three four months and saw what uh, established everything else was going on but i didn't know that the economy was going to slow down in 2003 and at the beginning of 2004 we're going to have the oil embargo so construction had a worse debt than it did in 2006 Mm -hmm. so anyhow we're speaking today with franco ferrari and right now he is involved in Florida Business Brokers Association, which is a nonprofit organization helping buyers and sellers. And so you were uh, in business for yourself as a contractor. You learned negotiating skills. At what point did you become a business broker? Well, there's a step in between that construction. Okay. When construction died, I started uh, in the restaurant business. My mother always used to say that uh, cooking, that's a woman's work, but... Every man should know how to do it. So I looked every time she did. So I got in the restaurant business uh, with four days of training. They were supposed to train me for two weeks, but four days. And the guy says, oh, you learned everything, Franco. We're, we're going back to Detroit. Are you kidding me? So anyway, we started a chain, built it up to 15 restaurants. Holy cow. Well, not just me. I was directly, I I was directly involved in six of them. But I anyhow. I hear about this. Yeah, well. I got to keep some secrets, you know. Oh, okay. Anyway, I got you. <laughs> I, yeah. uh, I started. He was uh, a, you know, MP. You know, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I started uh, growing uh, these businesses and got at a point where I'm working uh, 90, 100 hours a week. And yeah. finally, my kids starts growing up and my wife says, you know, I need you at home a little bit. And uh, so I started selling the restaurants. And that's when I discovered that I'd rather sell them than run them. Huh. So I went and got my real estate license, which you must have to sell businesses, even though it you don't do anything involve, like real right, estate, right, exactly, you know, but right. you still have to have it because the professional regulations demands it, which is good because there is a, an overseer, right? something, and you have to be accountable. Right. And if people don't have anything to be accountable, they're going to take the easy way out and, uh, and then things and, and take somebody's livelihood away from them. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So it's great that there's that system. I went and got my real estate license. And then uh, in the meantime, I was selling some of the other restaurants. But then I had three left. So my first three listings were my own restaurants. Oh. Got rid of them. I started uh, my business brokerage career. Worked for another builder. I mean, another uh, broker. broker. And then uh, about a year later, I... Uh, got rid of all my restaurants, and uh, started really establishing my business brokerage. And that's what you're doing now. Uh, by the way, the website is fbba.com for Florida Business Brokers Association, fbba.com. I see this is a nonprofit. Uh, how did you go from being a, a, a prof, for-profit, for-profit 
business broker to a nonprofit? Well, my for-profit business, which is Sunbelt Orlando, Sunbelt Orlando Business Brokers, I give it to my son-in-law. I see. And I told him, take care of my daughter and my granddaughters. <laughs> and he'd already had like 15, 12, 15 years experience with me. Otherwise, I, I just wouldn't do that, you know. But uh, great guy and a good provider, good worker, a uh, lot more detailed than I am because with the computer skills, you know, I'm a dinosaur at 73. Yeah, you know, but tell <laughs> Rich and I, we know exactly where you're coming from, brother. <laughs> but uh, he's very good at that. And then uh, I had the, the business, Florida Business Brokers Association started in 1985, oddly enough, when I first got my license in 1985. Right. And so that organization had pretty much gone dormant so i just said okay i'm gonna take it and just use it for giving free good advice to uh people that want to buy or sell a business and they cool. want and they want to know the process mm-hmm. score does a fantastic job as i've always told rich i i mean unbelievable the resources there are unbelievable so what, that's what we're going to pick up when we come back is how you got involved with SCORE. Mm-hmm. All right. So once again, our guest today, Franco Ferrari. His website is fbba.com for Florida Business Brokers Association, a nonprofit organization. We will be right back with more of What's the Score. Now that she's back in the atmosphere with drops of Jupiter in her Welcome back to What's the Score? Once again, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. And boy, do we have a winning combination in the studio today because we got not one award winning. He is indeed an award winning, but we got two. Uh, that would be me. Score yes. volunteers. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, Rich Jekyll and Franco Ferrari. I am Christopher Hart. Once again, thanks for tuning in today. And Franco has uh, is led a really fascinating life, and he longed to come to the United States and had an opportunity to avoid serving in the military, but decided to go ahead and do it anyway, rather than risk perhaps not being able to come back to the United States. And he wasn't even a citizen. And he wasn't even a citizen at the time, which actually kind of worked out to his advantage. But nonetheless, he could have avoided all of that together. But he wanted to stay in the United States. And uh, he and his family uh, have really uh, lived the American dream, which is to come to this country and become a part of what makes America great, and that is hard work, getting a good education, and putting your skills to their best use. American enterprise. It's what it is. And everybody has skills that uh, that can be utilized in some sort of fashion like this. And, Franco, you found yours uh, eventually, even though you were an introvert, as a salesperson. <laughs> and, uh, I'm not buying that for a minute. And, and, I've known him for 14 years. But but uh, you've known him post-salesperson. That's right. But, see? <laughs> and, uh, but you know, I can see that. Yeah. And it is uh, because you've, you've, you had already shown with your life that you were determined to do what it took. Absolutely. You know, whatever that meant, you were determined to do it. And so you weren't going to let being an introvert stop you. So, but you came became a business broker, and you're very successful at that. And turn your business over to your son-in-law. And but where along the way did you find out about Score? Because you became a volunteer at Score. And by the way, how long have you been a volunteer at Score? Approximately fourteen. Fourteen years. years. How did that happen? Well, that happened that Bob uh, Shepard, uh, I, I heard about SCORE, and Bob Shepard at the time was... Right. Uh, he was the, the chairman. Chairman. Is he still SCORE. around? Uh, he's alive, but yeah. not active. Not I active, see. yes. Okay. Wonderful person, and uh, I went over there and uh, to find out more about SCORE, because I could see, and what I heard that they were doing, I, I was right in my wheelhouse, you know, I mean, helping businesses, growing businesses, that's my whole thing. You know, all my siblings... Business owners at one point of their life were all, really? all business owners. I don't know where that came from. Well, Only from in parents, America from you can dad. do that. That's from right. your dad. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I love that when that Russian guy used to say, what a country. This is it. What a country. Right. You know, true. it's really true. And, of course, for me, I experienced it firsthand. You know, and I love America. And I love the people to come to America legally. Okay? No. I have to make that so point. So do we. No, well, I have to make that point because 
I don't want anybody to start off on the wrong foot. I want them that's, to start off on the right foot. That's the whole point. Yeah. That's the whole point. See, yeah. when folks come here illegally, they're cheating themselves the worst <clears throat> because they'll never really be – they'll always have to be looking over their shoulder or there will always be negative consequences lurking right around the next corner. Yep. And when they can come here legally like you – and as and I hope you heard it earlier in the show – but Franco did not come here directly from Italy to no. the United States. His father had to go through Canada. His father was separated from the rest of his family who had to remain in Italy yeah. while he set up things here in the, this hemisphere. Correct. And, but not in the United States. That's right. And then the family eventually made its way into the United States. And as I said, um, Franco was drafted, a non-citizen, right. was already a citizen of Canada, could easily have gone. This is what really makes the whole thing work, yeah. you see, is that determination to be here to begin with legally so that you can take advantage of everything that's here. Correct. And that's why I say people who are coming here illegally, those are the one, they're the biggest losers in this. Not because they, they could be deported back, but because they can't take advantage of everything the United States has to offer. No, mm. they can't. They can't. And it's a shame, you know, because if they go through the process legally, then they could enjoy all the benefits like I was blessed with and my family was blessed with. Mm -hmm. So I so would found? encourage anyone, you know, to, to do things, start off on the right foot. You can't start a business on the wrong foot. You can't start your life on the right foot wrong foot do it right and your blessings will be there your yeah. rewards will be there they'll be waiting Many for you fold, you know absolutely but so uh, you found so you found score you heard about score you 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 thought wow this is pretty cool this is what i like to do so and but this was in orlando but this would have yeah. been before at this the is at lake, lake eola okay right Correct. so i went in there and uh bob says yeah franco i want to buy lunch well I didn't know that that lunch came with a $10,000 pledge uh, to help score out. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh, this Bob guy, Bob he's on the Shepherd ball. always <laughs> has his hand in somebody's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, God love him. I, I decided that, yes, I, I would pledge and, uh, you know, and I made my yearly contribution and, uh, and to help score out. But I decided to help score out in many ways. I, you know. The greatest reward sometimes is not in receiving, but in, in helping others uh, sure. get receive also. Yeah. I, so, I always like to quote uh, the sage Jed Clampett yeah. from the Beverly Hillbillies. who used to say, the greatest joy in living is the joy that comes from giving. <laughs> well, yeah, and true, that, there's true. a lot of truth in there. So as I started the volunteering at SCORE, I still was very active. I had At that time, I had five business brokerage offices. I owned uh, the franchise Sunbelt Business Brokers uh, for 11 counties in Central Florida. Uh, so, Which is still around. That's your son-in-law's yeah, now. Uh, yes. And, of course, his, uh, his uh, domain is sunbeltorlando.com. Okay. If you want a list of business or help you buy a business, that's the guy to you call. You spell Orlando out? Yes. Sunbeltorlando.com. Okay. And, of course, he's got all the resources and a uh, great guy. And so... Uh, thank you for letting me give him a plug. <laughs> well, absolutely. No, no absolutely. So you do, are you now a primarily a mentor at SCORE? Or are you a teacher? What exactly do you do there? Uh, right now, I'm mostly a teacher at the seminars. and uh, But I'm going to even, you know, start doing a little bit more on the mentoring end of it also. Okay. What uh, seminars are I you have, teaching? Uh, I'm teaching uh, thinking about your... New business. Okay. Uh, starting your new business. And then uh, I helped Sean with the uh, uh, how to not fail in business or yeah, the things right. to look for. Yeah. Things <laughs> to, to look for. Don't yeah. have to close the door. Yes. But, uh, you know, over the years, I've helped so many people uh, buy businesses. And, of course, Rich can quote all of the SBA numbers and everything else. And there's a lot of pitfalls in starting a new business. The, the, the failure rate is astronomical yep. and it's scary. And when I'm helping doing that seminar, I tell the folks, I says, look, I, I'm a very pro-business person and I don't want to discourage anyone from going into business, but I want you to be the statistic of success. Right. So pay attention. Don't think that, okay, I'm going to get into business and my life is on easy street. It isn't. You're going to work hard. You have to. And you have to do all the right things to get that business going. 
And that's my enjoyment is passing on some of the information that I've received along the way, some of the knowledge that I've gained, and helping it out. SCORE is a perfect avenue for that. Yeah. You have to have your family support right. to do it, to be Absolutely. successful. Well, I can go on. i got to tell you a little story because, you know. Me, well, first my- of all, let me, let me reintroduce you. <laughs> uh, we're talking today with Franco Ferrari. And he is now, as you just heard, he is a SCORE volunteer. And his his uh, his passion right now is his Florida Business Brokers Association, which is a nonprofit organization. And But you were getting ready to... to... I was going to say that SCORE does a fantastic job in helping people. All the seminars are geared for helping people get into business, starting a new business. And the failure rate is, is very high. There's 67% a lot of... in three years. And then goes up to 85 by the yeah. end of five years. Right. So when you buy a business, and Sunbelt has kept their own statistics on businesses that are transacted arm's length with three years of good financial books and records, go back five years later, 95% are still up and running and viable. So the success rate is just topsy-turvy between starting and buying a business. I see. You just sort of flip it. Right. And my my... Hope is that uh, I want to talk to people on the process of buying a business versus the process of selling. I mean, the, of starting Sorry. a, a startup. And of course, there's a lot of planning that goes into it because people that want to buy a business, there's certain attributes. And I got a cheat sheet here, which I, I know by heart, but I got it right in front of me. Here, I'm going to give you a, a, a copy of that too. The the the, the Good businesses are businesses that you want to buy. Or if you're selling a business, you should have these same criteria because a buyer is going to look for a business that has been established for a minimum of three years. Even SBA doesn't recognize this as an established business unless you have three years of tax return. Mm-hmm. Oh, so a business, if you're going to buy one, you should have that. A seller should own the business for three years or more. Now, that business may have been established for three years, but it's got three different owners. That's, that's, that doesn't that's sound quite, that sounds okay. a little, yeah, all right. So Issue. what I'm saying is the seller should have also owned that business for three years or more. The sales profit should be increasing every year, not going showing, down. Should be showing growth. Exactly. And not stagnation either, no. growth. Absolutely. Now, a business should have good growth potential, and that will point out by the by the financials that are increasing every year right i mean you know you're going to look at a business well you better have all financial information should be verifiable with profit and loss statements and tax returns because you know a lot of people say oh look at the way i live and look at that that's that's a nice story and i want to believe you because you look very honest <laughs> you but you know sure what the, the i want to see it in black and cooked. white <laughs> that's right i want to make sure there's no cooking going on yeah. there and you know People think that, oh, well, you know, the lease. The, the lease is very important. Mm-hmm. What if you go into a business and you don't have a lease? Next month, the the, the owner says, move. Yeah, close or, you down. Yeah. Or so jacks you, up you the You've got to have a lease yep. that you're there at least five or, or years or more. And, of course, a seller should be willing to finance a portion of the purchase price. Everybody wants to get their money and run. Yeah. But. If Skin the in sell, the game. If the seller believes that the profits are there, that he should be willing to finance a portion of that to make the sale viable and go through. All right. I tell you what, uh, Franco, let's hold it right there. We have to take one more break. Once again, our guest today is Franco Ferrari. And right now we're going through some pointers on buying and selling a business. We'll continue that with him when we come back. His organization is Florida Business Brokers Association. It's a nonprofit organization helping buyers and sellers. And its website is fbba.com. And you can email Franco there at info at fbba.com. And if you're looking for a broker to help you buy or sell a business, contact his son-in-law at sunbeltorlando.com. That's sunbeltorlando.com. In the meantime, don't forget the SCORE website, which I haven't given out today, which That's is right. orlando.score.org. Oh, you're supposed man. to be on top of that sort of thing. Uh, I was so Michael. intent on the story. We'll be right back with more of it on the other side. Side of the break.
Okay, welcome back to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. And today's guest is Franco Ferrari, along with Rich Jekyll and myself, Christopher Hart. You heard uh, Franco mention earlier that he was on radio himself. We'll have to ask him again a yeah, little bit about that. Yeah, I was his that. guest a couple times. That's, yep. that's right, because uh, radio, by the way, as we've been trying to tell you folks, is still one of the, it is the most effective way to get your word out. Let's just be right up front about it with practically every American listening to their radio every week. And even more people listen to the radio than watch television or do Google. It is still the best way to get your message out. And with four great radio stations here in Orlando, the Salem Media Group has great options for you to find the audience that you want to get your message to and help you get that message to them. And Bill Files is the man you need to talk to. He's the station manager here at Salem Media Orlando. 407-618-1760 is his number. And the reason that radio, as I said, is is one reason why it's so uh, effective is obviously because so many people listen to it, but also because it's a direct form of communication. When people are listening to the radio, almost all of them, not all of them, but many of them are by themselves. And so it's a great way for you to reach Thousands of people at the same time, one-on-one. Personal. That's it. So give Bill a call, 407-618-1760, and let him help you figure out the best way to effectively and efficiently spend your advertising dollars in radio where you'll get the biggest bang for your buck. And before we get back to the business, well, let's, I tell you what. No, I got to say this about a great American entrepreneur. He wasn't a Ferrari. He was a Ford. (laughs) <laughs> okay. okay. And Henry Ford said, "Okay, not doing advertising to save money is like stopping a clock to save time. It doesn't work, <laughs> it doesn't people. Work that way. I'm a true believer. I did the radio show for 12 years, and I cut out all other forms of advertising, and that's how I grew my business to the success that it was. You used Good radio. You do use the radio show as yep. your form of advertising. Absolutely. And that's, folks, what you you hear many shows <laughs> that we're sandwiched in between them here on the weekends. And that's what they're doing. And the reason they do it and the reason you just heard the man said, Dino, I'm sorry, Franco said he did it. I was going to say Dino Ferrari. Yeah. Franco <laughs> said he did it be, for 12 years yep. and didn't have to do anything else. Radio is the way to go. Yep. All right, so uh, back to uh, selling a business or buying a business. We were going down uh, through some of the, uh, the the tips. Yes. And you had gotten to where you were saying that a uh, seller should be willing to finance a portion of the purchase price to show that his faith in the product that he's selling. That's right. Because, you know, most uh, as sellers, when I ask them that, you know, well, you should finance a portion of the business because the buyer wants to reserve some capital for operations or whatever. And the seller says, well, how am I going to get paid? How do I know the guy's going to pay me? And I look at them right in the face and straight in the eye and say, you are the person who can answer that question, not me. Does your business truly make $200,000 a year in, in, in profit? If the, your answer is yes, then you know that that man that needs $100,000 a year to live on, he's got another $100,000 to pay you back. If you are being honest, then you know the answer. And that's the way I uh, I tell them, because that Mm -hmm. is the truth. Nobody knows the business better than the seller. You know what the real income stream is. So can he pay me back? Yeah. And by the way, let me just interject this. This should be, this is what a good business broker does, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) is they're there to make sure both parties get what they're looking for. are satisfied. Right. And that nobody, you know, gets shortchanged in the process. Every one of these points that I'm going through, like being in business for three years or more, if you want to sell your business, you know that you got to be three years or more to get the top dollar for it. If you're buying a business, you know that you shouldn't buy it if it was. So it's really on both sides. Now, the seller should be willing to even most SBA loans that I've done throughout the years, SBA over the years has come up with a formula. They want the buyer to come up with a certain percentage, and they want the seller to finance a certain percentage, and then SBA finances their 75 or 80% or, or whatever. whatever okay? right. Mm-hmm. But they want to structure a deal because they do want everybody to have skin in the game. 
And they know that if the seller is willing to put some money up, then they feel more comfortable. Well, and as a buyer, definitely you should feel more comfortable. All right. Let's uh, go. There's uh, several more on here. You've yeah. got uh, there should be a good reason for the owner to sell. Uh, it couldn't be just that uh, the business is doing so good. I want to get out while it's yeah, good. That's a good reason. But you know what the most trustworthy reason is? What? I want to retire. I see. Most people retire means that they've been in that business for a long time. They've been making a living with it for a long time, and they know that they can continue doing that way. I see. Now, you have to be careful. If that person running that business is the business, and you, that could be dangerous. How are you going to replace that person exactly. that everybody hugs when they come in the door? Exactly. Right. I've, I've structured uh, transition periods six months, nine months, a year. So that people can get used to the new fellow, Ex- the, the, the new person. Exactly. Right. Call it a partner, call it whatever, but let them then. And he gets a happens, chance to see the charm of the outgoing exactly. person. Exactly. So right. you, it's very, you know, you have to advise people on both ends. You can't just say, okay, I'm here, I'm working. As a business broker, all our deals are done, mostly all transaction broker representation. That means that we represent the transaction, but we're helping both sides mm-hmm. dealing honestly and fairly with them. Yeah, Once we. Again, go ahead. Again, we used to require when we were acquiring a business that the uh, initial principal yeah. would stay for a year and do the transition for one year. Oh, absolutely. It's critical. Our guest today, once again, is Franco Ferrari, Florida Business Brokers Association, which is a nonprofit organization, fbba.com, fbba.com. And you can email him there, info at fbba.com. And his son-in-law is running his business brokerage. Uh, He's a great, great, great Irishman, too. Sunbelt Robert or- Robert Borelli. How about that? <laughs> Sunbelt or Borelli? Yep. Sunbeltorlando.com. That's sunbeltorlando.com. And these folks, as you're hearing, do it the right way. And um, so once again, uh, please do take advantage of contacting them should you be in the you know, market for buy a business or maybe you want to sell one. Sell it, yeah. Uh, I see that we get into the pricing and it shouldn't be overpriced. I mean, obviously there must be some sort of formula. Do you uh, help people decide what the pricing should be or, multiple. Or, is, or is that something a broker that, can't do? That's something that uh, we educate ourselves very, very extraneously to make sure that we're doing the right thing, pricing the business right before we take it to market. The best way to lose credibility is, I got a great business. It's a million dollars. Where in the heck did you get that price? Right. Oh, well, that's what the seller wanted. I'm not underwriting his retirement. I want to buy a business, and it's got to be the right price. The right price is we do an extensive valuation. It's about 20, 25-page report. We take five different approaches to valuing this business. It's not like brick and mortar. You go at a house, you look at the house, and still, even at that, you get an it's inspection a a, done. Yeah, right, right. But with a business, it's all books and records and buyers and sellers of uh, suppliers, I should say, that are bringing you material and everything mm-hmm. else. Industry standards, all of these things come into play. And reputation of the business, uh, visibility, uh, you know, it, continuing all- lease. Very important. Mm-hmm. Franchise okay. agreements, if it's a franchise. Goodwill. So, yeah. obviously, uh, someone probably should get some help in pricing their business uh, so that, obviously, it's a fair price because, uh, obviously, it, it you you, you want to not overprice it, but you don't want to underprice it either. No, you don't want to leave money on the table. Right. Absolutely. So, that's why we do, we do the, the valuation for... Two reasons. One, we want to make sure that the price is right. Also salvage our own reputation, but we want to make sure we're being fair to the buyer and the seller. Okay. And also that this business will withstand the scrutiny of an SBA uh, yeah. finance examination. Review, examination. Review process, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, if the guy's got cash, fantastic. 
But most businesses, most people want to leverage their money. Yeah, they finance. And they'll want to finance. And for small businesses, the almost 99.9% of the time, the only avenue is SBA. And uh, last two points, uh, you, you, the, the business should offer a good return on the investment. Kind well, of what wait, we're talking wait about. a minute. Before you jump off that yeah. other one, we used to do it in multiples, like X number times your sales or X number times your profit. There's nothing wrong with multiples. If you are very astute and know exactly what you're doing and you are so familiar with that industry, then you can use a multiple, but it can still lead you astray. Oh, yeah. I never like to say multiples, especially on the radio. If I say, oh, my business is worth three times. I've had people, I went to interview them for a business uh, to list the business. And they say, oh, my friend sold his business for three times. Three times what? What? Yes. Oh. Three times what? Oh, gross sales. Are you kidding me? Right. Uh, you know. Once again, real quick, the last two businesses should offer a good return on investment, and they should be able to support a debt service and yet still pay the owner a reasonable salary. I think we kind of were talking about that when you said the the, the yeah. previous owner should be able to uh, you Number know, carry some of the Number 12 is paper. like the sanity test. Right. If they can't s- support you and your family and then meet the debt service, and you don't have enough money left over. Right. It's not It's do not it. viable. Right. And don't tell me that, oh, my spouse, uh, we're going to cut out our lifestyle a little bit. Because I don't know if your spouse will agree with that. And you yeah. probably not have a spouse and a business. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> even if they agree, they may change their yeah, mind. Yeah, one or the other disappears. Uh, once again, today's guest, Franco <laughs> Ferrari. He is a volunteer at SCORE. Uh, primarily uh, teaching classes and seminars now, but also uh, more and more as a mentor. And uh, but he's just, as I said, uh, one of the sixty. One of the there. sixty. And, That's correct. And one a of fascinating life. This is this is once again a fascinating life story, and all of his experiences he's offering to folks, you know, to come and to take help. advantage. If of anyone it. Right. really wants to sit down with me, a consultation about preparing their business for the eventual sale. No fees, no upfront, very confidential. It's free. The service is there for them, and I'll do it. Is that, Score does the startups. I will do on the other end the okay. closing. Is that <laughs> they can in, in, uh, uh, email you then at info at fbba.com? That would be the best way to reach me. Okay, info at fbba.com. That's for Florida Business Brokers Association. You know, I have the same phone number, my home number, since I had it since 1973. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> and you can even give my cell number. I really, I am very accessible. Right. I'm open. 407-435-2471, 407-435-2471, or just contact SCORE and ask yeah. how to get yeah. a hold of Franco Ferrari. Exactly. Until next week, uh, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, see ya. Woo!